yes, you are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is Ordered. The logical, melodic <laughs> theories and facts from Mr. Logical. Yeah. The charismatic, shit-talking, <laughs> two-five. Coming through your speakers. So join us tonight as we talk about some NFL picks, college football picks, a little bit of NIL as we get you prepared next week for the association. Basketball is back, people. Ready for the ass and I conversations. Yes, sir. I even saw some videos the other day about LeBron talking about how he's not a Cowboy fan and they trying to get me to click on it, but I'm not doing it. Not clicking <laughs> on it. If it don't got nothing to do with basketball that's happening on the court, I don't want to hear and I don't want to see nothing that involves that man. You know what I'm saying? So what's up, Mr. Logical? It's Friday night. You know what I'm saying? What's the word? Friday night, uh, it's homecoming weekend for my son's high school. So they have that game tomorrow. They're playing a rival, and he played last night, starting quarterback on the freshman squad. Rivalry game. He We've been around the program, you know, since 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. My son started, my oldest son started going to school there, and he wrestled. And that was that's the other, the other school they called them the red school. They don't even call them by their name. So it's a rivalry through wrestling. The coaches have rivaled. Like one of the coaches' sons goes goes to that school. He said he hadn't talked to his son all week. Like the head coach has like ties that go back to when he was in high school. Um, the another wrestling coach has ties. It's like they don't we don't rock with this school. So last night. Uh, hard fought game. They pulled it out. They won six to zero. Defense was everywhere. They're out there clapping it up. The other other team had a young quarterback, had an arm, and it just sometimes you know you get defensive backs. You see it at the college level. You see it in the pro level. They don't get their head around. They just forget technique, and it seemed like every deep shot this kid took, it was contested. One kid, one the one uh one pass was completed that was it was pretty dope, you know. And they call pass interference, which is so dumb. Like he catches the ball and the, the ref threw the flag. Like he caught the ball. You know they're gonna decline the penalty. He caught a 25-yard pass. <laughs> he literally threw the flag as he caught the ball. I'm like <laughs> so he was he was making silly mistakes on that side, but that ref does it every time. I've noticed him. But yeah, so shout out to North Burlington Greyhounds. Uh, winning the rivalry game, man. So it's big. Tomorrow's the varsity game, homecoming. Should be packed. We're going to do the whiteout. So the whole stand's going to be packed. We're going to be wearing white hoodies, white t-shirts. It's going to be pretty crazy, man. So I'm hyped for it. I'm here for it. So good luck tomorrow, fellas. Yo, kids always mess everything up. I was thinking about this one day. Like I was like, you know, with my daughter going to A&M in the spring, I was like, what if I was a Texas fan? Like, and my daughter decided to go to AM. Like, would I feel betrayed? You know, or like Ask Snoop. His son or, went to UCLA. 
Or, or, you know, like, like, like Lindsay asked me one day, she was like, you know, what if one of the boys was in the NFL and he played for the Cowboys? And I was just like, yo, that's wild. Like, like, you put the jersey on, you putting it on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. You putting it on. I would wear a blue t-shirt with his name and number on it, but it would not have a star and there would be no silver. You putting that jersey on. You gonna have his game jersey on. They're gonna be snug in the crowd like. I can't do it. I thought about it. I was like, what if my son gets a full ride scholarship to Florida? And, you know, he like, no, like I am not wearing blue and orange. It is not <laughs> happening. I will wear white with either blue or orange and will have his name on it. And, you know, I'll have his name on the back. I have some numbers on there, but it ain't going to have no Gator memorabilia or logos or nothing on it. Listen, if BYU recruits Josiah, <laughs> I'm gonna be in the I'm gonna be in the stands at Lavelle Stadium <laughs> saying oh my heck at a bad call. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> oh my word. Oh, oh my heck. Oh yeah. man, how like Utah though. Yeah, so oh, you know my uh, heck. <laughs> it looks like Tulane just wrapped this up, you know, 31 to 21, going to victory formation here in a second. Getting us prepared for Stanford at Colorado. Coach Prime coming up next. Kickoff is at 10:20 Eastern. So three minutes from now. They pushed, they moved it back 20 minutes. So get it off my chest. You know, me, I've been in this mood all year. It's college football season. College football gets me passionate. It gets me amped up. I'm excited. And then I heard Mark Stoops the other day, head coach at Kentucky, fresh off a 51-13 demolition at the hands of the Georgia Bulldogs between the hedges. He, on his coach's show on Monday, he made a comment paraphrasing about, hey, you know, if you want me to be more successful against Georgia, be able to beat Georgia, whatever, then you got to give me the money so I can get the players that Georgia gets. They're paying for their players, so on and so forth. Kirby Smart comes back and says, like, you know, he didn't do the Jimbo thing. He was just like, hey, you know, he's supposed to say that. Like, we're all trying to get money from our boosters and, like, no hard feelings. It is what it is. And then one of the Georgia players came out and was like, yeah, you know, it's legal to pay everybody. So you got to do what you got to do. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But a couple things at play here. If I'm a head coach, yes, it is my job to ask the boosters for money. But... I got to give the boosters a reason to want to give me money. So if I compete with Georgia and say lose 24 to 20, that's one thing. If I lose 51 to 13, it's kind of hard to say, yo, give me an extra 5 million and I can get the two players that's going to reverse this. Now, with that being said, I love Mark Stoops, you know, defensive coordinator at Arizona. He was the defensive coordinator at Florida State before he took the Kentucky job. You know, I think he's a good coach. And Kentucky fans, I will warn you, don't forget, he played at Iowa. He started his coaching career as a GA at Iowa. So if the forenses don't get their stuff together, Iowa might come calling. And, yeah. oh, by the way, Michigan State is open. And his name been all up in that mix. Why do I say that? Because he's been at Kentucky 11 years now. He has a 71-60 and 60 record. The 11 years before he came to Kentucky, 59-76. and 76. 
Kentucky, Mr. Logical, has an all-time, they're 45 games under 500 all-time. All-time. You know, he's won 10 games twice, has a 4-3 and three bowl record. Before he got there, you know, you know, they uh they went two and ten the year before he came in. But here's the problem that I have. Mr. Stoops, do you know why they're not giving you money? Yes, you got a good record. You win eight games, you win nine games, you go to bowl games, and you end up with 10 wins. But part of the reason that you end up with 10 wins, check this out. This season, out of conference schedule. And we're not going to count Louisville because, you know, obviously that's their in-state rival, you know, like playing yeah. the ACC. They Rivalry. play them every year. So we're going to yeah. give them credit for playing Louisville. But so we're not going to include them in this part of the discussion. This season, they're out of conference schedule. You ready for this? Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron. 2022, Miami of Ohio, Youngstown State, and Northern Illinois. 2021, Louisiana Monroe. Huh? They like to keep it close. <laughs> 2021, Louisiana Monroe, Chattanooga, New Mexico State. And then, of course, 2020 didn't count because of the COVID year. They played all SEC games that, that season. So reason why they might not be giving you this money is because you ain't playing a schedule worth a damn. You know, now all those are obviously home games because you're the big, bad SEC team. But even if I was a fan, I'm not coming to see Ball State. You know, I'll give that ticket to my nephews or something so they can go to a game. You, you know, got, I think you gotta beat you gotta beat one of your other SEC perennial powerhouses. Yeah. Now now granted, now, now this every year you can't go, you can't run through this gauntlet every year, but you gotta knock off Georgia. You gotta get the Alabama knockoff. You gotta like you have to do something. That says, oh, next year with my $250,000 donation, he's going to get us over the hump. Yeah. Yeah. And he ended the streak, you know, from 1986 up until about 2018 or so. They lost every year to Florida. And now he's three and two since then against Florida. You know, same, they had the same streak against Tennessee. So Mark Stoops has turned Kentucky around. So what I'm saying is, Kentucky, appreciate what you have. But Mark Stoops, you got to beat somebody. And guess what? You got an opportunity because you got Alabama on the schedule this year. And this is not your typical Alabama. I know they're on a the win streak now. Jalen Milro looks better right now. But this is not your typical shouldn't be on the same field with Alabama on the field this year. So win that game. I bet you your boosters will give you some money. You know, that's all you got to do. You just got to win. You got to win. Just gotta win. win Hello. You know, we play to win the game. You know, and, and, and that's all it is. It's just wins. And I get it, right? George is the two-time defending national champion. But, and, and I always tell people this, especially Black Adam. Like, look, I understand. Georgia is good. Alabama is good. So on and so forth. That don't mean you got to pass to go lose by 38. You know, that don't mean you get to lose by 38. Like we me, me and the me and these SEC fans, we have this conversation about Ole Miss every year. You know, they tell me how good Ole Miss is every year, and then usually Kiffin goes out and loses to Bama. 
You know, granted, they beat LSU a few weeks ago, but then they always tell me, well, they got to play Bama and they got to play LSU every year. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but can you at least beat them two out of ten? Three out of ten? Is that asking too much? You got to get something. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Just so Mark Stoops, you want the money, beat Bama. So now, you know, we have week seven upon us. The college football season is here. We got some crazy stuff going on, like Notre Dame being favored over USC. You know, we got some crazy stuff going on out here, like Texas A&M playing at Tennessee. You know, like this is going to be a big weekend. And I will tell you, I will tell you, Mr. Logical, if Texas A&M loses that game tomorrow, ooh, you're going to hear Jimbo's name all week. They don't write that check all week long. That's that's where you need boosters. Yes, because you're gonna have to write that check to where you uh excuse me, you're gonna have to write that check. Yeah, get him out of that contract. I think yep. last year it was about it was like eighty six million. Yeah, I think it drops down about eight million every year. So it's somewhere between seventy five and seventy eight million this year. Yeah. So unless you want to take it to arbitration or. I mean, they got it. Put a crack pipe in his car or something. <laughs> they got it. You saw what you saw what you saw what SMU did. You know what was it? They raised like uh thirty million dollars in like five days or something like that. Yeah, man, it, you got enough passion that people with deep pockets they'll get them up out of there. Especially considering the talent pool, like that you can pull, you can pull from. Like you got Texas, he has his. ACC, S, former SEC, you know, connects the recruiting circles. He knows the top prep schools. I mean, like, you should be literally able to fill the team that's winning these big games every year. Like, you should be getting the four- and five-star quarterbacks, from, if not from Texas, from anywhere, simply because you're Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. But, so with that said, can they go into Knoxville – World famous Neyland Stadium, and walk out of there with a win to quiet down the Boo Birds. Uh, I, I'm gonna take Tennessee in that one. Uh, I wanted to go with the upset, but then I told myself after last week and basically going to 0 and 11,000, I'm gonna just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick the home ranked team <laughs> versus the team that's coming in, especially considering that they exhausted themselves against Alabama. And we, we, you know, we talked about going for the touchdown versus the field goal, being down mm-hmm. one possession versus two possessions. All we, we, you know, we talked about that a lot, but I just don't know if you can get back up for another game. Against another SEC opponent, I think that gauntlet. That's why a lot of teams just end up. We'll have LSU's and Georgias and Auburns, and they they seem to make it through. Georgia, they make it through. Eleven wins, one loss, ten and two, eleven and one. You know, just or undefeated. And it's the other Vandy, Kentucky, Texas A and M. Like when they just fall off, it just. You know, it just snowballs, and I think this is this is probably like the probably the beginning of that that piece, that gauntlet running. You know, that SEC gauntlet. So I got Tennessee. Um, See, so there you go, third and eleven. Who do you go to? Travis Hunter. He's back. 
Yeah, uh, this game to me is, I mean, obviously I don't do numbers. I'm not in Vegas, all that stuff. To me, this is straight up, this is a pick'em. This is a pick'em. Because AM's strength is their defensive front, and they can, I repeat, they can stop Tennessee's run game. You know, Tennessee was top five in the nation in running, which will force Tennessee to throw, which is AM's weakness. But then Tennessee doesn't have Hendon Hooker this year. And Joe Milton hasn't taken that mantle to do the things that Hendon uh, Hooker did last year. So I can, can literally see 70 yards in the air, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's the door for a 20 yard run or so, you know, but yeah. So I think uh, I'm going to go with Tennessee as well, because I remember there was this stat. This was probably three or four years ago. There was this stat where it was like if you played the teams that played Alabama would lose the next week, you know, because they were so beat up in the physicality and all that turning around, going to kneeling, Tennessee's coming off the bye. So I'm going with Tennessee. Um, I might pick AM if Tennessee wasn't coming off the bye. But like I said, I think it's a pick em, you know, for the most part. Um, upset alert. You know, I, I, you know, upset nail alert. it. You know, nail it, ladies and gentlemen. That, that's one of my upset. That was one of my upset alerts, you know, is, you know, ampersand going in there and beating Tennessee. You know, um, I got Louisville on upset alert which is crazy because, you know, I picked them last week to beat Notre Dame. But coming off that win, being a little high, going into pit, you know, um, they're favored by seven and a half. So we'll see. Like, I think Louisville will win, but I'm just saying keep your eye on it. Keep your eye on Corvallis. You know, the last time we saw Corvallis, we saw the Utes go down. Now the Bruins, or as I like to call them, the Powder Blue Bears are coming in. You know, so Dante Moore, you know, for – Whoever you are out there that, you know, trying to get at us in the YouTube comments, Yo, Dante like, Moore is talented. He said that. Mike said that. I don't know where that guy's comment came from, but he was super aggy with you. Like Touchdown Colorado. He's going to be a star. Dante Moore is going to be a star. And I mean that he's going to be a star in the NFL, too. You know, so I got Oregon State on upset alert. I'm still picking Oregon State to win, but I think you see – I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA – went in there and got the victory, you know. Now, this upset is probably not going to happen, but I just feel like I just feel like as a college football fan, I have to say it. Crazy things happen when Auburn and LSU get together, you know, and with Auburn's – or I'm sorry, LSU's defense, anything is possible! You yeah, know, but uh, Jay Daniels <laughs> is playing like as a high – as a. Heisman candidate. He is. Realistically. You know, but that's why it would be an upset. You know, and then uh, South Carolina, I got you on upset alert against the dreaded Gators. Now, as far as the actual upsets that I'm picking, I only have three. Sorry, I ain't got more for you, America, but I got to be more delicate with these things so my percentages stay better. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm on that LeBron, the old school LeBron. I'm not taking that half court heave at the end of the quarter. Yeah, you know, I don't that, think guys really care about that. I don't know oh, where I that came West, from. I think people do. But anyway, hold up. So I'm going Missouri over Kentucky. I think that's a pick them too. It's at Kentucky, and I think that's why they're favored. But And I'm not picking Missouri just because Kentucky got the beats put on them, the beats by Dre put on them by Georgia. It has nothing to do with yeah. that. 
I just think that Missouri is the better team. And I like what I saw from Missouri against LSU last week. You know, um, then I'm picking NC State over Duke. You know, one, I don't even know if Riley Leonard's going to play. You know, even if he does with that ankle sprain, I don't know how effective he can be. Yeah, he's a runner. So unless he can get up and down the field, north and south, it's going to be pretty tough. Hit him with them horse shots. You know what I'm saying? But the upset that I am picking, much to Mr. Logical's discrin. I hate to say it because I hate this team just like, you know, I hate anything that I've ever hated in my life. But I'm going to take the Irish to take down the Trojans. USC is finally playing a team with a defense. You know, that can at least slow. Uh, nobody can stop Caleb Williams, but nobody has been able to slow him down either. Arizona held him down for about 14 minutes last week until he turned it on. But, you know, it sounds like there might be some weather in South Bend, might be a little wet, you know. So, but that might help Caleb Williams, you know, that'll make him even slipperier, you know, more slippy. I don't even know what I'm that makes That makes it easier for the wide receivers. You know, cornerbacks yeah. don't know when the break's happening, but the wide receiver knows. So, right. It's a gift and a curse. If, yeah, hand, if he has big enough hands to be able to throw the ball and it ran out, it'd be fine. Yeah. Remember, we just saw USC in double or triple overtime or double overtime last week, you know, against Arizona. We saw USC give up 28 to Arizona State's backups. We saw Arizona. I'm sorry, we saw USC give up a 27-point lead against Colorado. You know, you play with fire enough, eventually you get burned, you know, is where I'm going with this. Notre Dame, last week, the loss to Louisville, I felt that the schedule was just going to catch up with them, all the primetime games back-to-back-to-back-to-back and all that kind of stuff. Their season is over now. They're not going to the playoffs. So what better than to spoil your rivals party? Yeah, that, that can be tough. Uh, like you said, Sam Hartman, Notre Dame running game solid. Yeah, uh, they had the number one leading rusher until they ran into Louisville. You know, now they're Louisville, number three. <laughs> maybe Louisville is more for real than we give credit for. The USC defense is, well, I, I heard this word, a porous. Yes. It's just, people are just too open. Like, I understand if you don't match up talent. Damn, Shador looked just like Dion. <laughs> but they have the talent. They're a talented team. They get, you know, they get great transfers. They get top California players. I mean, they're a legacy school. So they have the talent. They have the speed and athleticism, everything you need. They just always seem to be out of position. Like in the past game, it's like at some point, either as a defensive coordinator. You just got to dumb it down mm-hmm. and say, listen, we're I don't care if the other team knows we're only running man blitzes, this cover, this zone coverage, this zone coverage, and we're just going to run these three and we're going to run them effectively all game. I don't, it doesn't matter, like, because you're trying to throw all this other stuff. And there's people literally not in the middle of the field, and there's seam routes wide open, cross routes wide open, quarterback draw mm-hmm. wide open, just big play after big play after big play. And it was the same thing, you know, it's NFL piece, but uh was it Mike Nolan in Dallas? A lot of guys was a lot of the commentators, like I think uh Tony Camardi was talking about, he was like, You have talented guys, 
but you want to do too much with the scheme to the point where it's like it's rendered ineffective mm-hmm. because you're just you're just calling these great plays and people are just literally running to these spots and they're doing all this great stuff and they're moving all these guys around, but you're just leaving wide open holes in the zone. So it's like, what's the point? You might just want to dumb it down, you know, double coverage, just just simple coverage, keep it simple and not give up. Because you can't afford to be in a shootout with a team as talent-laden as uh, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, we also have the big one emanating from Seattle. We got the Ducks, Duckzilla, going in to play the Huskies. You know, that's going to be a great game last year. Three-point Washington winning Eugene. Bo Nix got hurt, you know, towards the end of the game there. And so it was one of those games where um, whoever had the ball last was going to win. You know, this year, same thing, thing. but I got a different condition. First to 42 wins. (laughs) They just stopped the game? Yeah, they stopped the game. Oregon has the better defense. Oregon has the better. Yeah, it's on early. I'm shocked by that. Oregon has the better defense. They have the better run game. Washington has the better quarterback slightly. So, like I said in our pre-meeting, the, the, the question for me is, is what's the, what's the difference between the gap? Because Oregon has the better defense. Is that gap bigger than Washington's gap on offense? And I think that's the key to the game. Because I think Washington's defense is better than people think. I think Washington runs into that problem. I don't know if you remember this conversation. I know we've had it a few times in the sports group. But um, when Joe Burrow in LSU won the national title, everybody said, hey, I can't remember the last time I saw a team that gave up so many points win the national title. And it was like, well, they gave up so many points because their opponents got so many possessions. You know, And I think that's where Washington is. Like, So I think their defense is better than people give it credit for. Sorry, Mike was muted for a second there. Technical difficulties. Uh, it just might be a situation where they're just the defense is out there a little too long. I think Oregon's coach, Dan Lanning, does a great job in keeping them motivated. I know the whole Colorado. Uh, That's right. He plays for wins, three, not for clicks. That, plays for wins, not for clicks. But they did have <laughs> some cleats that change color with the heat. Um, they also have a new uniform combination for this game. Yeah, they so, wear the eggshells again. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're clicky as well, and it's fine, and I get it. Um, Michael Penix Jr. is now the Heisman front runner. I don't know if that gets to you being the big man on campus all week long. Do you focus? Bo Nix, maybe he doesn't feel he's getting the you know, respect he deserves. He comes out and he plays very similar to the way he played against Colorado. So he it, hasn't like, turned the ball it, over yet this season either. It's a tough, it's a tough game. It could be a pick 'em. Um, I mean, when in doubt, the home team is normally the way to go, but one team rank eighth and one seven, so it's not like it's not like it's uh that definitive that you could just be and, like. And I want to challenge, and I want to challenge everybody out there because I've been hearing on all these podcasts about how Oregon and Washington is 
the prettiest rivalry as far as the uniforms go. Like the colors just go together so well. I'm going to challenge you and say it's Florida State in Florida, but that's just me. But um, Utah BYU, baby, keep it simple. There you go. You know what I'm saying? But uh, then, you know, we also got can Miami get off the mat as they go into Chapel Hill to take on Drake May in North Carolina? What a bonehead. I know people talked about ad nauseum over the last few weeks. I mean, over the last week. But what a silly, silly thing to do. <laughs> I know it. Like, know just it. take the knee. My 14-year-old son took a knee yesterday. It was like, victory <laughs> formation. I'm taking a knee. He didn't try to run it and get, like, another touchdown. He's like, we won this round. This game's over. 28 seconds, no, 32 seconds left. Let me take a knee. Kill the team, killed a couple of seconds, so the play clock ran down. Take a knee. He still got hit anyway, but it's like then the game was over. Those refs, did you see the refs come out and say like it was the right call? You know that it was a fumble. They said what? The, the, the referees came out and said that the running back, like uh, the Miami on the on the play, they said that uh, it was a fumble. That it was the correct call. It was not a. Like I thought I his know. elbow hit down. His elbow was down. His elbow was down for like a whole second before the ball came out, you know, but you know, but yeah, uh looking at this game, right? So Washington, Oregon, first to 42. So I'm gonna call this game first to 35, you know, because Miami averages 39 points a game, North Carolina averages 36.6. So we're gonna have fireworks. UNC does struggle to run the ball, Miami's great at running the ball. You know, uh, their pass defense isn't the best either, so Tyler Van Dyke might be able to bounce back. So going off of the past, you know, doing my whole, like, history and betting and all that kind of stuff, usually this is the spot where you pick Miami. You know, you pick Miami and say that, like, if anybody can come back, Miami can come back. I'm not doing it. I'm going with the Tar Heels. I like uh, Drake May. I like his. I think he's NFL ready. It's probably a few teams thinking about tanking. Yeah, Caleb I was watching something earlier saying board. that uh, Denver should take him at three. You know, if they if they get the third pick, I I don't disagree mm-hmm. because you're gonna need another year to get off of that Russell contract, just a little bit, just just to just to ease the sting of it. You bring in Drake May and you have him sit behind Russell for a year and then you figure out some kind of buyout after the 24 season. Uh, nobody uh, want to get the Jared Stidham era started, huh? Come on, man. He had a shot. <laughs> it's cool. you tell you, he, he has a bunch of different jerseys with his name on it. Just some dudes are just back. It's weird to me that the, like I said, the level between starter and backup. And that's the same thing with college football. It's like the level between a kid that's going to be a top five pick versus like you talked you talked about earlier, the Stanford that runs plays two quarterbacks mm-hmm. and they combine for 50% passes and three 55% touchdowns. Uh, completion percentage, three touchdowns and three picks coming into this game tonight. Yeah. And they probably were all studs in high school. So it's just, it's just the progression of a quarterback. But like I say, in college sports, simply because – Having that dynamic player with the ball in his hand that much, great decision maker, smart, mature kid. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Miami. 
Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out and let me take Miami. Yeah. Uh, Mario Cristobal is gonna be like, you know what? We were one knee away from still being undefeated. That's on me. Let's go wash away last week's effort and start anew. You know, tomorrow. So I'll take Miami. Okay. All right, well, we'll here we we'll go. See, we'll, I've been wrong a lot, so like I'm not, I'm not, even, <laughs> I'm not it doesn't even hurt my feelings if I'm not right. right. So here goes some rapid fire, you know, saying go ahead and chime in. I got some rapid fires going on. All, All right. right, so how is it that in this week, we talked about this a little bit. How how does this how is this week have Georgia and Vandy, Michigan, Indiana, Penn State, mm-hmm. UMass, Florida State, mm-hmm. Syracuse, Ohio mm-hmm. State, Purdue. All in the same week. How did they do that? Because they know. They know exactly. Like I said, these teams have manufactured these schedules. is down to a science. There's probably somebody on staff hired to make sure the schedule works out that way. Like the coach oh. says, hey, I want this, 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 and this. And then this person does the analytics and they make it happen. I because we see it every year with the robbery game. Mm-hmm. They play everyone plays a tune-up game before their robbery game. And I get it because you don't want to lose you don't want to lose your starting guard because you're playing a you know Texas playing some physical game against you know Oregon or some some late game random combo like that. You don't want to lose a, a a player you really need. So you play against Monroe you play McNeese State, or you play something like that. You see that smile? Um, what's that? Because going off of what you're talking about right now, you know, it's almost like a nice little segue to my next note. You know, Tennessee, we talked about them playing AM. They need this win because next week is the third Saturday in October. And for those of you uninitiated, that means Tennessee, Alabama. Next week. Tennessee going to Tuscaloosa. So there you go, right? A&M plays Bama, goes to Tennessee. Tennessee plays A&M, goes to Bama. You know, that's so. The S- and that's the S. That's what helps the SEC fans like argument. Because Bama is, they, <laughs> I think, as, like I said, some teams have manufactured the, the workout process, the recruiting process. The supplements, like some teams have everything broken down to a science to include how they schedule. We talked about USC schedule and how they have like this brutal five week gauntlet. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, if you're going to have a gauntlet like that, either spread it out or try to get them either all at home or maybe one at a neutral field or something. But you can't have four or five weeks where it's like and they could lose the second game, the third game, and maybe even the fifth game out of these these five. Especially with like, you know, USC with their defense is playing. So I think you just have to you have to manipulate it a little bit more a little better. Now. You have to curate it a little better. All right. Then we got the battle for the Big Ten West title. I'm calling it the title game already. Iowa, 10 point underdogs at Wisconsin. I like it. You know, it's gonna be a good game. I'm going to call this one. Hey, y'all remember when Alabama and LSU had that 9-6 to six game? <laughs> you think it's going to be one of those? It might be one of those. It might be one of those, you know, because Iowa only scored, you know, 20 last week, so they're behind the pace again. 
You know, can Brian Ferris? He's good as fired. If you know, if he really has to stick to that number, he's good as fired. Then uh, next thing you know, you know, like I said, Auburn, LSU, we talked about that. So Ohio State, Purdue, you know, we talked about that before we went on. Ohio State favored by 19 and a half. You know, the last time, the last time Purdue was an underdog at home or a double-digit underdog, the last time they were a double-digit underdog at home, they beat Ohio State. <laughs> uh Ohio State has lost three of their last four at Purdue. Purdue in the last five years are three and two against top five teams. Purdue in their history has beat four top five ranked Ohio State teams. And then the rubber meets the road because Ryan Day is 33 and 0 against unranked teams. Touchdown, Travis Hunter. You know, so uh you know, obviously, I think Ohio State's going to win this game. You know, I think Every they're going to win. That you listed makes people not want to pick this game. I know. I'm picking. I'm picking Purdue to cover. I will pick Purdue to cover, but by cover, the number is 19 and a half. They'll probably lose by 17. You know, I don't think that Ohio State's going to be threatened. You know, but it is. Oh, never mind. Hold on. Looks like there's a penalty on Colorado. I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a celebration. I wasn't looking at the TV, but yeah. So, so you got that going on. Here's one for you, Mr. Rutley. You know, we talked about, you know, Mark Stoops beat Alabama, you know, said don't lose by 38. Well, correct. If you're the Indiana Hoosiers. 33 me, and a half, you know, said, tell me why. You know, not the 33 and a half. That's not what I'm focused on. I'm focused on they haven't won in Ann Arbor since 1967. 33 and a half seems about right then. That sounds about right. <laughs> how do you not? How are Just, you that? How is your losing streak that many decades? Not only that many games. Like if somebody beat you five times in a row, but they've been beating you for five decades in a row. It reminds me of Players Club. Did you at least pinch the bitch? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, you might as well stop playing that game. I know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just nuts. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it, I, I just can't explain it. But here's another one. This one's even worse. Well, I don't know if it's worse, you know, just because, like, you know, that was what, 60 years ago, just about, or, you know, some somewhere like that. But getting close, yeah. But this, this one's even worse. It's expected, but worse. Vanderbilt, they shared okay. a division with Georgia. The last three times they've played Georgia, I'm glad you're sitting down for this. Georgia, 147, Vanderbilt, six. <laughs> 147 to six. Yes. Yo, I, I early I was scrolling through Instagram <laughs> or something. Remember that that video, the Vanderbilt. I think he was a guard, but he had a real high pitched voice talking about this is how we do it in Vandy. Yeah, and like everybody's like Alabama, you better watch out. That's that. That's why they deserve to be down. You know, 147 to six in three games. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 ridiculous. So, so, so one more, one more Michigan Indiana <coughs> thing, real quick. The overall series record: Michigan 61, 
Indiana 10. No, so there you go. I mean, college football powers stay that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Dante Moore. at the top. Dante Moore, you know, for my guy out there. Part of the reason why I'm picking Oregon State. In the last two games against Pac-12 opponents, Dante Moore is 37 of 79. He has 6.6 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. So, you know, you're not going up to Corvallis playing like that and winning. But I do think Dante Moore is great. That dude's going to come at us again on the Facebook post. You know, but, but you know, but yeah. Big Mac. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in all of this college football. You know, I, I think that Alabama has, you know, if you believe Alabama to be, I don't want to say down because that's the word, you know, but if they're not the Alabama that we know them to be, beware of Arkansas, you know, because as we've seen over the last few weeks, outside of the A&M game, Arkansas is giving everybody what they want. You know, they lost to LSU by three down in Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night. You yep. know, they, they lost to Ole Miss last week, you know, pretty close game and had the lead in the fourth quarter. So, you know, Bama, beware, you know, like that's all I'm saying, you know. Um, Alabama just doesn't have the quarterback that we have used, been recently accustomed to. Yeah, he's been playing a lot better the last Mac few weeks. Jones, the, like, you know, you have three quarterbacks that went, in the top 15 of the draft, and then one quarterback that was second in MVP and went to a Super Bowl. So those are the last four Alabama quarterbacks. Milro just doesn't look like those four, especially now with their success in the NFL. Mac, you know, Mac is struggling, but you know, he's had a good run. So if you're looking at the Alabama quarterbacks at how they played at Alabama, how they look in the league, and then you're looking at, you know, this current guy, and it's like he might not be it. And I think yeah, yeah. that's because a good quarterback can can mask some of your defensive problems because he can get you up 14-0 to the point where teams have to throw the ball. And, then, you know, that's when Alabama's defensive front puts the pressure on. A lot of safeties, corners get tips and interceptions and things like that because the quarterback play was so good on the, on the offensive side of the ball. This yeah, time, yeah. They're, they have to grind a little more. I think it's only going to make you better. It's going to make you better because you simply have to work harder to get your points. You got to work harder to get stops. I think it might make Alabama more dangerous than, mm-hmm. like, say, for instance, USC. USC plays probably the way they play because they have Caleb Williams. That Colorado right. game, they should have been running the ball, eating the clock. They were up by so many points. The fans were leaving. Like, fans were leaving in waves. I saw, like, one shot of Caleb Williams. He was inside, like, the 10-yard line. And they had the camera on them. And if you looked in the background, it just was like waves of people leaving the stadium. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously Colorado ended up coming back and only losing by seven. But I think they play that way because they have Caleb Williams. Right. Whereas yeah, Alabama, so, if they had a guy like Caleb Williams, they wouldn't give up that many points defensively because they're just a little bit more sound. Yep. And then, you know, like I said, I keep talking about it. You know, after this week, USC goes to Notre, they're in Notre Dame this week. They get Utah at home next week. You know, they get Cal, they get Washington at home. They go to Autzen Stadium to play Oregon. They finish up with UCLA. So, you know, it's going to be 
a rough ending to the season for them. So, you know, if they do survive tomorrow, the road is not getting any easier, you know. So now we transition from Saturday to Sunday, you know, because we got more football, you know what I'm saying? So, playing you know, all these games in London. Jacksonville, you better watch out. You're going to lose your team. Yeah, so here we go. You know, starting off with the overseas game. You know, we got the Titans. We got the Ravens. What do we got? I'm going to take Tennessee. I just don't know if Baltimore's offense is uh, – I mean, I'm trying to use the right word. It seems pedestrian. Even with the drop passes, it I'm not sure it works. Mm-hmm. The the personnel grouping that they have, the guys are always injured. Their wide receivers are always injured. Odell Beckham just came back. They still have problems with drops. It just for some reason they can't they can't quite get it right. And I think Tennessee is just like, all right, we'll keep it simple. We'll give it to Derrick Henry. We'll throw the play play action passes. We'll play tough defense, and we'll grind out this win. Mike Rayroll in England. 20 to 17, 20 to 14, a game like that. I hope like you're a right. Muggy, a muggy kind of British <laughs> weather game. Like, so I hope I'm you're right. Tennessee. I hope you're right, but I'm taking Baltimore. Um, I saw a prop out there, you know, for Zay Flowers, you know, 56 yards. You know, I want to get my hands on that because, you know, of course, I always say it every week. Under? No, no, for the over. Tennessee. Are you taking over? Yeah, Tennessee is the fifth worst pass defense in the NFL. Uh, Tennessee reminds me of when I played when I first start playing Madden, because I'm that guy that like will pick the Cardinals and start my franchise with them and everything and try to build them up. And like I get everybody in third and twelve because I get a sack on second down, and then the computer gets a 17 yard completion on me. You know, on third down, that's the Titans. You know, they'll stop you. It'll be second and nine. You know, they'll get a sack. It'll be third and 12, and then you go over the top for 26 yards. You know, that's the way Tennessee <laughs> works. So so I think this is just what Lamar Jackson needed, you know, is to play against Tennessee. So I think I'm going to go with the Ravens. I like your score, you know, 20 to 17, but uh, I think I'm going to do something like 24 to 17, you know, like um, so, so around the same lines, but you know, I think Baltimore gets an extra touchdown, yeah. and, and then, then of course, got the, the old school playoff beat too from a few years back. Lamar got his first, yeah, that was some good stuff, yeah. And I mean, even yeah. back in, further than that, you know, Eddie George and Ray Lewis, like these teams have that those, history, they, those were battles. I don't know if that was like a beat, those were like real battles, like, yeah, it was like it was like almost like cerebral physical battles, it was almost like what we think of. It, it probably wasn't the same like passion, but it's almost like how I think of Pittsburgh and Baltimore now. It was like that, but it was just Tennessee, yeah. you know, back then. Uh, but yeah, so of course we got the grudge match. You know, saying down at the compressor. You know, the commanders walking up into uh Atlanta, and we're gonna see which one of these year two quarterbacks can pull their head out of their ass. Uh, I, I'm not going to front. I was a little upset with my team. I picked Houston last week. But what I've gathered through, you know, so as the as the information, as the facts change, so does my opinion. <laughs> I think Atlanta defensively 
is going to play well enough every week and is just going to be more impactful against the younger quarterbacks that they play. I think they can play tough. Like they played tough against Jared Goff for a couple of drives. It's just that Jared Goff is a season quarterback, playoff, Super Bowl run, MVP caliber season out in L.A. Pretty much I think he's had like really, really good seasons in Detroit as well. He just he they they make the play call that he he can make happen. I think with the younger quarterbacks, I think Sam Howell looks at the rush a lot. He gets out of the pocket way too early a lot, and I think that's going to help Atlanta because Atlanta's defensive front solid, back end with the safeties is solid. So I think, and of course you got the bookends with a, a Jeff Okuda and AJ Ter- Terrell. So I think against young quarterbacks, first-year starters or like early second-year starters, Atlanta's going to be able to affect the game more often. And then, you know, Ron Rivera doesn't really adjust. So if it's not working. I don't think Ron Rivera does anything. And then I don't know. Like I said, I think Sam Howell is trying to get the enemy fired anyway. The way he's playing. But like I said. I mean, if nothing else, he's trying to see if he can break David Carr's record. You know, I think David Carr still has the record. Uh, but like uh, 69, 68 sacks. I think it was like 74 like or something like that. But, yo, this game has me so confused. I'm probably only picking Washington because it's Mr. Logical's team that they're going up against. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Uh, but, but, like, for real, like, I'm so confused about this game. Atlanta, you know, you mentioned the front, you know, and usually when I think of the front, you know, I think about pressure on the quarterback, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're also third against the run, you know, so they're going to force Sam Howell to have to beat them. Washington, on the other hand, you know, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, you know, Deron, you know, Washington's coming with some heat. Number one defensive front in the league. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it isn't. I know. That defensive front should be number one in the league. But they're going to bring the heat, you know, their opponents. Washington's opponents, so this sucks, right? Because the record is two and three, but their opponents average eight yards to go on third down. So they're holding everybody to third and eight, still can't get off the field. And what's worse than that is Atlanta, you know, I mean, what the good news is Atlanta only converts 19% of their third and eights because, you know, they get predictable with the play calling. They so, don't pull so, downfield at all. Yeah. So, 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 so what I'm hopeful about since Washington played on Thursday night and got embarrassed in such a horrible manner, they've had the extra days to kind of stew on that. And maybe they'll come out with some pride is what I'm hopeful for, you know? So I'm going to take Washington in a close game, something like 20 to 19 or, you know, I don't, and I, I'll be surprised actually if anybody gets to 20, like, I think, you know, this is one of those 17, 13, type games, you know, um, something along those lines. If if Arthur Smith puts on the Chicago game, that first the first half of the Chicago game is how he should approach his play calling because Washington up the seam, up the sideline, confused. DJ Moore was wide open so much. And then Komet was wide open and up the seam. So See, and that's why Mr. Logical is a pro because the next game is Minnesota and Chicago. Look at that segue. So, <laughs> you know, here, here's 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 a couple of questions I have about this game. 
So Justin Fields has been on a tear the last two weeks. You know, he had eight, eight, eight to one touchdown interception ratio. Yeah. He That's had to, he he went up against Sam Howell and whoever is wearing Russell Wilson's uniform. You know, and but I saw a picture week, today it was Russell Westbrook. <laughs> this week, can he go toe-to-toe with Kirk Cousins? But how effective can Kirk Cousins be without Justin Jefferson? You know, can Minnesota Not run very. the ball? Who's going to play running back for the Bears? So, like, there's questions all around this game. But here's an answer for you. Minnesota's opponents, you know, because, you know, my favorite thing to talk about is Minnesota's slow-ass secondary. Correct. Minnesota's opponents are completing 76.4% of their passes against Minnesota. Didn't you pick them? That ain't even logical. Yes, I picked them because the, <laughs> that felt that felt so Stephen A. Smithish right there. Yeah. Yes, I picked them. No good, fat bastard. You know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, Chicago, right? They they embarrassed Washington, right? And you know, forty to twenty, I believe, was the final score. Sam Howell still threw for three eighty eight on them. You know, so like. Their defense is just as bad as yeah, Minnesota's. But the Washington receiver core is better than Minnesota's current receiver core. Kirk Cousins Maybe. is a better quarterback than Sam Howell, mm-hmm. but just the speed with uh, Curtis Samuel, McLaurin, Logan Thomas. Just to, I think your Chicago's pass defense and their defense is not good. Like they had a good lead against. Denver, Denver and Blue. Yeah. Well, but you know, the offensive uh, package, like we talked about it, even before they traded Chase Claypool. I was just like, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. If you gave uh, a top tier quarterback that receiving core, Komet, Claypool, Moody, Moore, Moore put him yeah. in Kansas City, you know, maybe you keep Komet out and you keep Kelsey, but you take three wide receivers, put them in Kansas next to Kelsey. City might be six and zero right now. Kansas City would just be on a tear. It just was a matter of could the offensive coordinator, Justin Fields, and the basic concept of whatever their play package is, could it all mirror up? Because like I said, I used the Washington game last year as examples. Like, man, you got to let that ball go. It's so many plays where he just was switching. But the first, like the that first half against Denver and then the first half against Washington, I think he's really in a groove. And I watched the... Kirk Cousins, when they played against Kansas City, everyone's talking about the whole pass interference, no call, whatever, whatever. Before that, he threw a screen pass to Madison, which would have been a touchdown. No one was there. He dropped it right in his hand, and I think he still took a hit because they had two offensive linemen in front of him. Kansas City, the entire secondary was facing the other direction. He walks into the end zone, but he dropped the ball. So it was like, you want to run the ball. You want to rely on the running back. But if you're not getting me, you're not giving me playmaking in the from the run game. My screen game is off. But you're going to need it because you don't have Jefferson. So it's just like it's a matter of is O'Connell comfortable enough just making the call, or is he going to be thinking this guy hasn't been a playmaker for me? Talking about Madison, he hasn't been a playmaker for me. Um, Jordan Addison, a rookie, 
if he works back to the ball on that pass, then maybe he gets a pass interference call. But I think he just kind of looked up at it. I think an experienced wide receiver would have just gone right back through the corner looking mm-hmm. for the ball. But he was like looking to make a play on the ball. And I get it. Like that's your, your first instinct. But once you realize that, hey, man, this ball might not be coming to me and this guy has his hands on me, let me go ahead and embellish this a little bit. He didn't do any of that. So I think those are kind of like hidden yards that a veteran wide receiver gets you. Mm-hmm. You know, DJ Moore gives you confidence. He He's fast. Like I said, he recorded one of the fastest touchdowns as far as speed, like 22 miles an hour or something like that on a touchdown. So I like Chicago there. I just think they're playing with a lot more confidence. And then you have a young team playing with confidence versus Kirk Cousins, who who does. We've seen in a documentary. He literally gets in his head to the point where he has a machine that he wears to help him try to refocus because he gets so into his head. Yeah, I'm going with Minnesota. Um, also, you know, as an aside, you know, it looks like we might see some uh, Deontay Foreman this weekend because, you know, uh, Khalil Herbert went out with the ankle injury last week. Um, Rashawn Johnson, my guy, you know, is in the concussion protocol. Uh, so I haven't heard anything about him as far as if he's coming out. And then uh, Travis Homer hurt his hamstring. So, you know, so we might literally be down to Deontay Foreman, which makes me ask another question. Like, why the hell he's so far down on the depth chart? I know he was I know he's a big back and some coaches just might want speed. Yeah. And like that's how they and that's how they go about it. Whereas like a guy like Belichick, Belichick could take a 230 pound running back over a shifty like he would take he would have started. Deuce McAllister over Reggie Bush also. Mm-hmm. He would have had Reggie Bush in there. Like, so it just depends on what kind of offense you want to run. I think Andy Reid does a good job getting Pacheco and McKinnon in the game. Right. It's kind of for that that balance. But mm-hmm. he might just be down there just because he's just a bigger back. Yeah. Then um, another game that I was uh, confused about, Cincinnati and Seattle. You know, Seattle holding people to – 3.8 yards per carry, best in the league. You know, they haven't allowed a 20-yard run this season. The Bengals can't do a 21, a 20-yard run anyway. Um, how healthy is Joe Burrow? Obviously, he looked a lot better last week, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't say he's like back to hundred percent all of a sudden just because they won a game. But yeah, like when I was bring together like some wins to get all the continuity and then the health and everything too. And that I think, well, you know, I've been listening to the media all week and the media is talking about like now that Burrow is healthy, you know, and I'm like, how y'all making that determination? Like just because they won a game, you know, so I'm taking Seattle. Um, I like, I like the fact that Seattle's coming off the bye, even though if you go look at their record, Pete Curl isn't necessarily the best coming off the bye, you know? So, um, but I like Seattle. Yeah, I took Seattle in that game. Um, even though it's on the road, I just feel like I need to see Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, back-to-back-to-back weeks look like they did over the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, Then I'll start being more confident in picking them, but I'm confident with my Seattle pick. If, if it turns out to be wrong, then it's okay. I, we might be on the way to them. Yeah, and I, I think Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati gets the bye next week. So you know, uh, so definitely, you know, if they can get out of here with this win, you know, let Burrow chill for a couple of days, you know, and then 
get ready for the second half of the season because San Francisco's coming up, you know, so on and so forth. I still think they probably were better off sitting him mm-hmm. and just hoping yeah. you can squeeze out because they only got I mean, one. They lost to Tennessee anyway. anyway, like with yeah. them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, like the Cardinals, you know, um, theoretically, you would like to think that you could beat the Cardinals. With a backup. Right. You would like Considering to. Considering like half their offense is right. backup. Even, even though your back, even though your backup uh hasn't uh hasn't thrown a pass. Yeah. So you know, and you know, it's I don't know. All right. So then you got the 49ers. I'm taking them over the Browns. I ain't gonna yep. get too deep into it, you Deshaun know. Not, not, playing. not playing, and also Joel uh Bitonio, their two-time all pro guard. You know, was seen walking out of the facility on crutches the other day. So, Mr. Bosa, go have you a day. Tordo. Yeah. So, but, you know, Cleveland does have that defense. So, I want, I'm interested to see, like, I mean, they're going to against conventional teams. I think what San Francisco is doing. And, real quick, yo, can we, uh, because somebody who feels like Brock Purdy, <laughs> um, isn't doing what he's supposed to do. Just holler at me. I'm, I'm not uh, understanding. I'm not understanding the animosity directed Brock towards him. To be my football, LeBron. I guess. Yo, I swear, I thought that. I didn't want to say it because I him and Justin like, Fields. It's it's just like it feels it feels very polarizing. Out of not, like just created out of thin. I feel like people are just forcing a conversation because, like yeah, me. It feels completely fabricated was, out of thin air. And then it's yeah, like, I thought San Francisco was going to fall back this year. You know what I mean? Obviously, they haven't. But I think people thought that in general, and now they're just kind of like... It, it, because they thought it was supposed to happen, they're just banking on the fact that it will happen, which... Right. It's, 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 it's just a... That's, that's a bad, bad outlook. Because Don't it's just, bring feelings to a fact fight. There's no evidence to support that he's going to fall off, mm-hmm. other than... Guys don't go undefeated for multiple years in the NFL because it's the NFL. Like Desmond Ritter, I think he lost like one or two games in college. That happens in college. I mean, Matt Lyon probably watched one or two though? games. Can we just fast forward? I need to get to the San Francisco Philly game, you know? Nah, man. We need to watch the San Francisco Cleveland game <laughs> and then watch how San Francisco dices up the top three defense in the league. And then I want to read what people say about Brock on Monday and I want to know if them sense. dudes are wide open man he was like you just got all those playmakers I'm like every team has playmakers Miami has a ton of playmakers mm-hmm. no one says two us I think people have the I think what it is and like I said we, we talked about this before people like you to be successful but they don't want it to look too easy Right, people love Peyton Manning because he struggled for five years. Like he didn't get his first playoff win until two thousand three. He got drafted like ninety eight and ninety nine. Mm-hmm. First playoff win, so like he got to struggle. Whereas Tom Brady, throughout his first four seasons, he won Super Bowls. Not got to the Super Bowl, he won Super Bowls three of his first four seasons. And I saw a stat today that Tom Brady and his career never took a snap from under center where his team was mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Like it, like ne- no, sna- never, never happened. 
And I think Brock Purdy's rise because it just seems to come out of nowhere. He got drafted to a good team, a great defense. I don't know what they're teaching linebacker skills in San Francisco, but it's crazy. And he's just doing everything right because you can do it wrong. We see Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball to the other team mm-hmm. as a San Francisco 49ers quarterback. So we know it can happen. Even all the play calling and schematics and the and the playmakers, the quarterback can still go out there and throw the game away. Like Atlanta beat San Francisco last year 28-14 because Jimmy mm-hmm. threw like two or three picks and, that, and somebody fumbled and Atlanta recovered in the end zone. So it can go poorly. Brock Purdy hasn't played poorly. Like, I don't know why the argument is, well, he, he has to do it eventually, which is just it's just silly. So, uh, so, I, don't think, so I don't think it happens Sunday. Random question. So if you're a GM, are you drafting Travis Hunter as a corner or as a receiver? <laughs> I'm drafting him as a prime. McCall, touchdown, touchdown, Xavier Weaver, by the way, 39 yards, 21, about to be 21, nothing Colorado. Um, yeah, I just wonder, like, because I mean, obviously, he's not going to play this many snaps, though, in the NFL, like he's doing right now, where he's playing basically every snap. On when he played 100, when he played 100 snaps against TCU at, at 100 degree weather, I was like, this dude is different. Shador yeah. looks good, though, man. God, he does. Wide open. I know you see how, that. How oh, here comes the two-point conversion, and I think they got it. There you go, twenty-two to nothing. Make that. You know, you but think, yeah, you would like, think Dion would want twenty-one because that's his number. You know, but yeah, it makes me wonder though. Like you know, because um, because I was thinking when you know before he came to Colorado, and I know that he played some receiver at Jackson State. I didn't know he was going to be playing receiver this much. You know, so like. uh he might be as good a receiver as he is a corner, you know? And, you know, I heard all the people out there talking about how Caleb Williams is the greatest quarterback prospect ever. And, you know, all this kind of stuff, everything's the best thing ever. You know, what's not the best thing ever is the Carolina Panthers. And I saw, I think I saw, I think I saw a 13 and a half point spread in that game. (laughs) So we're going to go with Miami. Yeah, we're gonna go with Miami. You know, um, gonna... um, Carolina. Like when when they traded DJ Moore to go up to number one, I don't care what other picks they traded. The picks can turn into whoever. You had DJ Moore. You knew you were getting an undersized quarterback. You needed a wide receiver, a veteran presence on the team, and you traded away. Well, I guess that's what Adam Thielen's for. Adam Thielen's a he's he's the complimentary guy. Mm-hmm. You need a big tight end. When you have a young quarterback, you need a a stud wide receiver, either skill wise or size wise. Like, hey, just Kenny Pickett and Pink George, George Pickens. Pickens. Yeah, young. They're both young, but it's like, hey, when in doubt, throw it to the six foot four guy. Or if you had, you know, a guy like. A extremely great route runner like AB. Like, hey, on this play, AB is going to get here. You just got to get this ball out because he's just, you know, like that skill set. Or, you know, a guy like TJ Hawkinson, just a big target in the middle. They have any of that. <laughs> like, they don't have like any of that in Carolina. 
And they knew that when they traded away. So it's like, Moore, yeah, they're, yeah, there's they're awful, you know. But um, many upset here, you know. This team has not won in this place since 2014. Carson Wentz had a chance to get them to the playoffs, and he bricked it away with a couple oh of picks. God. And they were they were awful. Yes. So Jonathan Taylor came back last week, played sparingly, you know, but this is one of those moments where I try to do research and I dig too much and it's not going to matter. But Jonathan Taylor in his career averages 6.2 yards against the Jaguars. You know, uh, the Jaguars, I think their body clock is might still be a little out of whack. They were in England for two weeks and got they've been readjusting. So we'll see if they come out a little slow. Like, I don't think it's, it'll affect them the whole game, but we'll just see if they come out a little slow. Uh, Gardner Minshew is starting. You know, Anthony Richardson's out, you know, so 69% of his pass is completed. Indianapolis obviously looks a lot better when he's in the game versus when Anthony Richardson's in the game, even though Anthony Richardson – I think has looked good and looks a lot better than I thought he would. The Colts Gardner should get more because they drafted Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville when they had him. It's like mm-hmm. old boy with his jean shorts on. I'm like, I think you should give him a shot. <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where I think yeah, he was behind Jalen Hurts last year. I think they feel he just has a ceiling. He yeah. he's a very, very capable quarterback on the cusp of being a starter. Like, well, he would I be great for a team that he'd is be great in Arizona right now. Like yeah, right now, yeah, this yeah. season would be his year in Arizona. Like it'd be a great fit for him. Um, but if Richardson yeah. keeps getting hurt, then it might be his year in Indy. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, audition. But um, you know, the Colts ran for 193 yards against Tennessee last week. You know, Travis Etienne leads the league in broken tackles. You know, so, you know, this is – but the Colts only give up 3.2 yards per carry. So, I think I'm going to go with the Colts here. I'm going with Jacksonville. I think the two-game stretch that they had in England, tough games, beating Atlanta, beating Buffalo, coming back home, finally back home after a couple of games. What was the penalty in the Colorado game? Oh, it was uh, taunting. Oh. Because he popped him and got up and stood over him and did the throat slash, basically. Oh, that's the the is that I thought that was. The I, well, I don't know. What the, I thought it was a throat slash. It might not have been. I, like I looked yeah. up and saw it, like as like as it was finishing. So it might have just did that. But people got to stop congratulating guys when they get that penalty. He's like, listen, that was a good play, but you got to keep your head. Like, hey, you just gave them fifteen yards. Talent versus tolerance, I guess. You know, besides uh, the fact that they're sorry ass offense, you just gave them fifteen. Gave yards. Them fifteen yards. You know, and they just drove down the field the last possession and got to the red zone. Field goal, yeah, yeah. So, you know, but it's twenty-two nothing, eight twenty-five left in the second quarter. You know, uh, once Colorado wins this game, you know everybody's going to say that they're going to finish ten and two, and when they lose to somebody in a couple of weeks. It's gonna be yo, Dion is six and three. Like, get off of him. Look at what he took over. So, you know, yeah. and they're gonna piss me off. And it's probably Mike, gonna be one of my get it off my chest. Yeah, Mike's not a fan of the the the, the Dion rhetoric. You know, because I love I mean, Dion and I want Dion to succeed. You know what I mean? And I want him to stay at Colorado for like, 
you know, years, like four or five years at least, you know. I, I, I was want- thinking that too. Like, I hope he, I hope he does stay and doesn't go somewhere else. I, I, I like, I like what he's doing in Colorado. I, but, I like the yeah. fact that it's, it's eleven twenty three at night on a Friday, and we're watching. It's on ESPN, and we're watching this game. Well, see, this is the problem, though. The problem, though, because you remember when he got hired, the whole thing was like, are they going to have the money to pay, or they didn't have the money to pay him? The problem is, is that the SEC and the Big Ten make so much more than the rest of the conferences that if one of those schools call him, it's going to be hard to not go, you know, because Colorado's paying him $5 million a year. But say Michigan State, I'm not, I don't think Michigan State will call him, but let's just say Michigan State called him and was like, yo, we'll give you eight and a half. Like, well, you I know. I don't think, that's the thing. I think he's got to get so much money because he is the face of Colorado mm-hmm. football. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So if he's getting $5 million from the school, I don't know exactly what his contract is. If he's getting $5 million from the school and he's getting another $10 million from these sunglasses and he's getting another $15 million from Nike because they're all wearing like Dion's and now other schools are like mm-hmm. because Shador wears them. So like, right. are they going to start selling those again? Because I know, oh, like, I, I buy football cleats all the time. A lot of kids like the lower cleats. Does he? Does his the? Does his shoe come back? And that's the new high type, high type shoe for the next couple of years. I mean, I'm he just saying it. he could get he could get all that that you're saying and still make four or five million more from his actual yeah. job. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but he also doesn't have to worry about. And he's a like Texas Ohio Florida State. dude too. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, every year I recruited him. Mm-hmm. Getting out recruited in his own state. He's not going to get out recruited by Colorado State. He's not going to get out recruited by they're Utah. going to the Pac- they're going to the Big 12. He's yeah. not going to get out recruited by Utah. Like he's going to be able to sway kids Kansas State. From, from Kansas, Kansas State. Yeah. Even maybe even a little Oklahoma. Like, because Oklahoma's going to SEC. Like, listen, yeah. you can get that kid from, from the state of Oklahoma. They come up to Colorado because, like, listen, man, you don't want to go to SEC because y'all gonna be sixth. Yeah, I don't know how much every year it's a potential for y'all to be. It's gonna be, you know, you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna start off every year fifth. Yeah, but then you got. Uh, I think I'm going with Texans over the Saints. You know, um, toss up for me. I just think that not to do the college football thing, but you know, I looked at the schedule and I was like, who have the Saints played? You know, um, like they I don't think that they've really played anybody that I guess you could say Tampa and they lost that game. You know, uh, looking at Green Bay, you know, they should have won that game, you know, um, played New England last week. New England could be the worst team in the league or, you know, bottom three, at least, you know, uh, New England is tough because they had they had a couple of good games the first week that they they lost because Miami and uh, Philly. Yeah, but then they came out and got slacked by Dallas. Their last two games, they, seventy-two to three, and then including a shutout in Foxborough, in Foxborough, to a dude with like a messed up shoulder. At that, you know what I mean? Like so, uh, but yeah, I'm going with the Texans. You know, and two for one, I'm going Texas and Patriots. I think the Patriots get right this week. I'm going. New Orleans and Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I just think Jimmy G 
I think the boringness and the the just the the lack of excitement in their offense. I think he he can keep that up. Like I think he can just get them to twenty to twenty one points. I'm not sure how much Mac uh, and the lack of playmakers in New England is catching up to him. Is catching up to him because guys like DeAndre Hopkins were out there. Chase Claypool just was on the trading block. He was on the trading block for a couple of weeks. I think Miami gave up what like a fifth and a sixth. Yeah. I just so, had to double check some numbers real quick before I said something. Yeah, so I just I just don't know like what New England's move is. So I'm just gonna yeah. go ahead and figure one team has Devontae Adams and the other team doesn't. Are you ready for what's, my numbers? What's your, stat? what's your stat? Your numbers of the night. So of course, you know, we talked about Wisconsin and Iowa, the nine to six special. Correct. The Raiders come into this game averaging 15.8 points a game. The Patriots are averaging 11. So Yo, this game better not be. <laughs> it end up being 14 to 10. What is going to be one of those games, maybe? Like, we do this all the time. Like, you know, like. No, like you, the Denver-Chicago game, I was like, yo, that's going to be the most exciting game of the weekend. It would have been if it wasn't for Philly and Washington. This, I don't see anything about this game being exciting. I don't hey, think you got, Josh Daniels, you, got, you got the student against the the, the uh, teacher. But they're you both know? like malign, cerebral. Like, no one's <laughs> going to call a flea flicker. There won't be a hey, reverse. Hey, hey, the Raiders threw a flea flicker last week because I remember saying that Jimmy G is the only person I've ever seen catch a flea flicker and throw and it 10 yards. And then, and then not only that, he's the first person that, I, that I've ever seen that almost threw a pick six on a flea flicker. You know? Yeah, so <laughs> I usually the flea that, flicker goes deep, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking, like, the, the teams is going to just be – just methodical, run the ball. The Raiders are doing terrible at running the ball. I think they're averaging less than like two and a half yards of carry with a guy who just literally was led the league in rushing last year. So they're not going to want to give my guy his money, right? That's what happens. Pay these guys. Pay these guys. Get them in the camp. Have them ready for the season. Like, you're yeah. a billionaire owner. I mean, Jonathan like, Taylor finally got paid. But, um, yeah, I'm um, going Rams over Cardinals. You know, um, I think here, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. having Cooper Cup back, I think opens up that offense, obviously, like uh, Nakua and uh, Tutu were doing well already. But now you got that element where they don't have to, or Nakua doesn't have to be the lead receiver. He can just kind of go into his natural role. They traded away Vance Jefferson to Atlanta. So that. Yeah. That opens up the whole like all right, Tutu, you get the slot, you know, just so it doesn't create any, you know, any. Where did Tutu go? He went to Louisville, folks. You know, so yeah, like uh, yeah, I'm interested, you know, but I think it's going to be a good game. I was tempted to pick the Cardinals, you know, Connor is out, and I can't say the new running back's name, you know, but I think (laughs) people are picking him up in fantasy football, so that might be a good thing. Um, Jets 0-12 against Philly all-time, make it 0-13. Got that. You know, Zach, Zach Wilson is going to get heat. He's going to throw picks, and he may go into Darnold mode where he sees Ghost. They better they, they got to be able to flex out this Buffalo Giants game to make it a 1 o'clock game, right? Like, is it is it too I, late? I thought I, I would have heard it by now. I it thought has, we would have 
you have to know that this is not a good Sunday night football match. Well, even if Daniel Jones was playing, it still probably I was so yeah, I was like, yo, yeah. I thought he was playing and I said that. And then I yeah. found out that he wasn't playing. I'm like, yeah, well, it just came out today that he's not playing. So like maybe they'll have some talks up on up in you know the office, but we'll see. But yeah, obviously Buffalo's gonna win that game like 37 to 10 or something like that. You know, so Buffalo will get back on track and then Monday night, me and Mr. Logical been talking about Kellen Moore all off season, you know, into the season. And now Kellen Moore has his chance to tell Mike McCarthy where to stick it. You know, saying like like when Hulk Hogan joined the NFL, the, the, the NWO, you can stick it, brother. You know, so this is his chance to tell Mike McCarthy, you're the problem. It wasn't me. Yeah, I picked it. I picked I picked the Chargers over Dallas. I'm picking Dallas. You know, I, here's I, here's my number. I want to I want to be right, obviously, because I'm making this pick. But I can see a way for right Dallas. Too. I hate Dallas. <laughs> I I can see a way for Dallas to win. But it's just that year after year, I've watched Dak, and I like Dak, and I do think he gets a lot of praise when they win, and I think he gets an ungodly amount of heat when they lose. So to so when they lose bad, it's just astronomical amounts. If he would just get the appropriate amount of credit for the wins and the loss, when they get blown out, then you can go like, yo, dog, you played terrible. But people say he played terrible in the game. He can go 28 for 39, 322 yards, two touchdowns on a pick, and they'll be like, oh, he played awful. Oh, because he, he threw a who pick. Who throws that ball? Who throws? Who throws a deep out? I say they, they did the Romo. Lamb. So it's like, so when he has a terrible game like last week, it's like, yeah, you're gonna have those games. Every every quarterback that played, you know, hundred plus games almost in his league, they're gonna have a game where they have multiple turnovers. Oh, I remember and they're last just year. Overmatched. I remember last year Sunday Night Football against the Titans with Malik Willis starting. Patrick Mahomes threw like 61 passes and they scored 17 points. Yeah. And Malik Willis threw 16 passes. It was like the biggest disparity in passes between a starter, yeah. between two starting quarterbacks. It happens. You know, yeah, so but uh um, games, these odd games happen. Well, here's here's my number I was telling you about. You know, uh, so you always like to talk about Mike McCarthy's record, right? Yes. Okay. And I was very similar to another guy. Since 2021. Since 2021, Dallas is 10-1 following a loss. You know, um, I also think that the way that they lost, you know, I think people like Michael Micah Parsons is going to come out with their hair on fire, ready to rock and roll. Uh, Austin Eckler is back. You know, that's my guy. You know, so that's a positive for the Chargers. Obviously, and we got another touchdown, Xavier Weaver, Colorado. Uh, so, yeah, I think that um, – I think Dallas is just going to come out motivated. You know, the Chargers are coming off the bye. What I'm hopeful for, what I'm hopeful for is that either Staley will make one of his fourth down special calls or McCarthy is going to mismanage the clock, oh, you know, j- just so just we can have yeah. the half run out with a minute 18 left. Yeah, like those are the two dudes in the league that you can always count on, like to give you some kind of extra story, you know, from their game. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that, you know. But yeah, I got, I got the, uh, I got Dallas winning. 
You know, and obviously it'll be a home game, even though it's in LA, it'll be a home I game. I was thinking I was literally thinking that same thing. It's like Dallas fans are everywhere. They're everywhere and they travel well. So Vegas against yeah. Dallas is gonna be packed with Cowboy fans. The the Honestly, LA for some reason always has, but LA has a lot of transplants because mm-hmm. of the 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 working market that you you know either Hollywood or sports or whatever or whatever or just the fact that it's LA it's just people so many people are transplants into the city well, when it comes their, to their, their stadium is always full of like random fans it looks like a lot like the London games where you just got a bunch of just people in the stands and jerseys that aren't the team that's on the field they're just at the game because they like football well when it comes to certain teams I'm really simple you know the Yankees. The Cowboys, Florida, Miami, you know, the Gators and the Hurricanes, uh, Notre Dame, um, Ohio State. Like, there's certain teams within sports that when they lose and you think, like, you know, oh, they're Miami's garbage. They lost to, you know, whoever, and then they'll come back and bite you. You know, like, it's just these teams that for some reason they do this. So if Dallas would have won last week, if they would have beat San Francisco last week, I would have probably picked the Chargers. You know, like I'm that kind of simple guy when it comes to some of these picks like that, you know. Um, but, yeah, I got Dallas in a, in a nail biter. I think it's going to come down to the wire. You know, maybe Staley makes the wrong decision or makes the right decision, but it just doesn't work out. So, you know, but I'm, I'm interested to see which coach is going to, you know, it's going to be we could do our first did they win the game or did this team lose the game? Lose game? Yeah, it'll be our first time being able to do it. It'll be one of those. If if the Chargers don't flip the play sheet over and, and call the run plays, it could be a problem. But if they run the ball, because that front for Dallas, because Herbert likes the big play. Mm-hmm. The Chargers, he likes the big play. So that means you you got three seconds to to get off where you want to throw it, and then you need an additional second to get it off. Dallas isn't giving that much time. Brock Purdy was getting that ball on two and a half seconds, or he was rolling yeah. out and setting up and getting a nice pass. But he was getting that he he wasn't doing a lot of seven step drops and waiting for the deep post rod to come open. <clears throat> Justin Herbert does that, so I think it's going to be a couple of drives where. They're going to be second and one. They're going to try that deep post route, get a sack. It's going to be third and nine. And they're going to try it again. It's going to be third, 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 13, and it's going to be, or fourth and 13. They're going to be punting. I just think that Staley and just sometimes I think they'll just put themselves behind the eight ball. With mm-hmm. Dallas, I just think because they had such a bad game last week, I don't know if McCarthy's going to come out loose. I think he's going to call tight. They're gonna play tight, and the Chargers are gonna just—they're gonna—they're gonna throw that route. Mm-hmm. It's coming. So whoever replaced Trayvon Diggs in the starting lineup, be prepared to take at least two or three of these shots early in the game. Like they're gonna—they're gonna put it out there to see, you know, to try to make that happen. Keenan Allen, if you get him, if you get Keenan Allen one on one, he might. Let's around have a triple double when he had, yeah, he had, yeah, he had 18 you know, catches, 17, 7, 18 catches against Minnesota. So it could be one of those kind of games. Are you watching this? What the hell am I watching right now? 
Uh, I just got back from commercial. Watch, watch this kickoff. But uh, before we get out of here, you know, I got to let America know that I'm a victim to my own picks, you know, because I picked the Arizona Diamondbacks as my surprise National League team this year to get the wild card. And what did they do? They beat the team that I said was going to win the World Series, the Atlanta Braves. So I was right on one end, and then they bit me on the other, you know. So I had the Astros playing the Braves in the World Series. So now I guess I got to make a new prediction. So now as we stand on Sunday, you know, we're going to get underway with the ALCS, Houston and uh, Texas. And then on Monday, we're going to get Houston and Philadelphia. So with that in mind, I guess I'm going to go Arizona with the World Series. No, I'm going to go with the World Series rematch. Uh, Houston against Philly. And, and sorry, Philly, but I'm picking Houston to win again. I'm actually going to go to a Phillies Diamondbacks game. Okay. Um, tickets probably going to cost me about 200 250 something like that. But, you know, when, you, when you're this close, I, one of the guys in my office – He's from Arizona, Diamondbacks fan, so I might have to sneak a knife in the stadium. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, I'm just – I don't know. I'm just going to wear a hoodie. I'm like – I told him I'd wear a Yankee hat just to deflect attention away from his Diamondback hat. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll probably check – I'll probably check out a game because, like, it's too close not to go. It's yeah, too close, too not, close to go not to go at least one. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, matter of fact, I'm going to – I'm probably going to hit him up tomorrow and try to coordinate what day he wants to do that. Okay. Well, there you go. You know, so yeah, I'm excited. You know, the basketball's coming up, you know, uh, we're about 12 days away from the first regular season games, you know, everybody out there. I know y'all been missing LeBron. He's coming back. You know, we got the evil empire. I want to see Wemby. I want to see if he, does he lead, does he equate the wins? Cause you know, they had him marked as the best prospect. I can't wait to see Phoenix, you know, um, you know, I want to see the 37 and 45 Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Those guys that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, saying Mr. Logical, like, you know, said, I didn't think of him as a smoker, but you know, obviously he got something in the system, but uh, you know, uh, yeah. So this weekend, 37, 45, you know, this weekend, probably on Sunday, Two five daily coming at you, you know, 10 NBA questions to start the season, you know, might even throw some college basketball in there, too, because, you know, it's coming up. It's coming up, you know, and, and while we're and while we're on it, let me I know we got to get out of here. But, you know, NCAA, get it off my chest. Screw you. Yeah. You know, like Oklahoma State, you know, got caught up in the same stuff that Kansas got caught up with with the coaches and the buying the players. You know, Oklahoma State gets the postseason ban. Kansas gets probation. Just say you love the Blue Bloods. You know, just like we talked about football, Arizona State and Tennessee did the same exact thing, you know, and Tennessee got probation, and Arizona State can't go to a bowl game for a year, even though they weren't going to make one anyway. It's not the point. The principle is probably levels to it. Maybe. it has to be some levels to it. You look, you either cheated or you didn't. So, like, if, if a team gets how a post- much did you cheat? If a team if, if if a team loses if a, if one team gets a postseason ban, so I don't know what's worse. I don't know what's worse. So 
if one team gets a postseason ban, maybe the lesser team loses a scholarship or something. You know, like it's got to be some way to still. It might have been like how egregious it was. Because because what does probation even mean in that situation? Like they just got to slap on the wrist more than anything else. Just like North Carolina, remember? Doesn't it come with you lose scholarships when you go on probation? Isn't that like a package deal? I think it depends. You know, um, I think there's some like nuance to it. I don't think it's automatic. It's predicated on severity of whatever you did. If you paid, I don't know, but okay, but this is the difference with with Oklahoma State. It was an assistant coach, and Oklahoma, uh, what's the word? Um, Complied, like they they trying to think of the word. Like when you follow what the police says, um, they were corroborated. There you go. They were not not corroborated. They like. They went along. They didn't fight, basically. Like they, 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 uh, they went with the investigation. Like they self-told, they self-reported, and told the NCAA, "This is where we screwed up." And it was a, a assistant coach with Kansas. It was the actual head coach under fire. You know, Arizona ended up firing their coach. LSU fired their coach, and then Kansas came back and was like, "Yo, screw you. We'll see you in court," and we're defiant. And then the NCAA was like, yo, just take this probation, bro. Don't embarrass us. Yeah, that's what happens. Sometimes everybody fuck you, NCAA. Everything, everything has to be, everything's out. Everything's public after that. Yeah, I guess. You, get, so. you know, people get deposed, people have to speak under oath, people have to give up cell phone records, email records. It gets deep. Yeah, it's remember like, when Tom Brady broke his phone? He said, Y'all ain't gonna see shit. <laughs> like they can't just get it from the server anyway. Like, listen, these, everything you sent is saved somewhere. Like it can be, it could be uh, pulled. So yeah. So you know, Colorado closing out the half. They got the ball. It's twenty nine nothing. Fifty four seconds. They're driving, looking for more. And I know you're wanting more. So like I said, check out two five daily this weekend. You know, Mister Logic is going to have his own show coming here shortly. Yeah, you know, class, my classes are done, and my next classes seem to be a lot lighter, so I'll have more time. You know, we'll be back on Monday. We will be back on Monday. Oh, I'm sorry, on Tuesday. Tuesday. And then, you know, keep an eye out. We'll keep you posted, but you may see some things on the website popping up here every now and again. So, you know, we'll keep you posted. But in the meantime, like, review, subscribe. It's all free. Share with your grandma. Share it with your grandma, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, like I told you, you know what I'm saying? We in the throwback that I make a glance, you know what I'm saying? So, like, put her on the game, baby. Put her you know on. Saying? Hit us up on Facebook, you know what I'm saying? It's going down for Mr. Logical. I am 2-5. You know, and if you don't remember anything else that we said tonight, remember that we love you. So. We out.